0: Welcome back to our positive franchise with Monty Morgan and client liaison Milo Eastwood and... Mikey Carl, that's how you pronounce it. Thank you so much. Guys, it's hit different. It's Thursday. It's sort of the after party. You know, we've got some pina coladas on the go. Um, there's someone stroking my feet. I'm getting a petty. The other two guys, I can't even tell you what this sort of pitbull kind of request going on here. Uh, jokes. Monty, what's the first music that hit different for you as a as a young man?
1: I would say Simon and Garfunkel. Oof. The album Bridge Over Troubled Water. I still use it to go to yes. sleep. Very soothing. Oh, and just so diverse. I think, looking back, I think diversity is key for me. Mm-hmm. A varied sound. And then you look at that album, Bridge Over Troubled Water, like this huge regal ballad, Broadway almost ballad. And then... Gar- sec-
0: Garfunkel's voice kind of breaking as well yeah. as he sings it. And Yeah, it I mean,
1: and Paul Simon doesn't play on that song. Really? Well. No. The next song is Peruvian panpipes, and then there's percussion jams with Celia and then... 50s doo wop and it just like keeps going and rolling. Is, the, is the
0: boxer on there la 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 yeah yeah then yeah. you've got a, li- a literal whip, banger
1: you know like yeah. you know yeah. interesting production that really hit so I would um go through my parents CD collection they had a drawer and they'd have it in the car we listen to music in the car and then when I found the CD collection. Started using the CD player. That's when I got deep in them,
0: into yeah. their music. Yeah. I listened to Bridge Over Troubled in the car. Lots of my parents and like drives to Sydney and drives to Adelaide. We'd go to on holidays. Imagine that with four kids in the car. You know, it's a different coke. kind of
1: music because it doesn't require bass. Because you know you lose the bass in the car. You got that. We can still hear. It's very top end as an album. Yeah. Your parents doing
0: car. a lot of coke as well back then. <laughs> <laughs> What's your connection with uh, with uh, Milo? With Simon and Garfunkel at all, Milo? Simon and
2: Garfunkel. Uh, I mean, we had my parents had the had the greatest hit CD kicking around in the car when I was younger. Probably more of a Paul Simon yeah fan. I didn't never really had a Simon and Garfunkel moment myself personally, but uh, there's a whole bunch of Paul Simon music that I absolutely adore. Mm. Still mm. crazy after all these years. Yeah. Just, that song is just like mwah yeah,
0: Perfect. Do you know he married Carrie Fisher twice? Yeah, and that's what yeah. that song was about. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> you do know this. You've done his research. That's cool. Have you seen Simon and Garfunkel live, you guys?
1: No, I'd love to see. I I follow Paul Simon. I think he's still making incredible music. Mm. Um, yeah, he's yeah, I love
0: him. I'll send you this really good, and we'll put in the episode notes. a New York article called "Cool Papa," and it's all about Paul Simon. He actually says "motherfucker" on on this. This is a song from about four years ago, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he goes, "This is on the is motherfucker." ugly word <laughs> it just doesn't suit him it's wearing at all remarkable human graceland absolutely changed my life i took my dad to see simon and garfunkel too and the whole concert he just kept going they're so tight mike aren't they they're tight because <laughs> i said to him like, What's like well, the band's tight and he's like that was his thing to save the rest of the time <laughs> and they were just incredible 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 have they i'm just trying to think have they split up have they had a little falling out they
1: had a
2: Kind of mad falling out. Yeah, like yeah hey, in the literally. Day. Yeah.
1: It's a he, he's. It's a great autobiography by Paul Simon. I'd recommend. I really enjoy music biographies. His is great.
0: I I like Slash's one. I liked uh, Nile Rogers' one. So oh, someone, I love Nile one. Someone you danced on stage two with. Uh, what else have you have you read? I, and tell actually t- tell us a bit about Le Freak, Nile Rogers, and your your connection with that biography, whatever.
1: Yeah, that is that's probably my favorite because he's. Journey, His actual story is incredible. Mm. Growing up with creative parents in New York, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s and drugs everywhere and then him becoming a superstar and suffering from addiction, health problems. And mm. I remember seeing him at Golden Plains and that oh. was just a Adam's magical world. show. And, he, you know, he's playing all the songs that he's produced, the David Bowie, Original Madonna, Sin, yeah, yes, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. and then all of his hits. And it was just going off and I was at the front just loving it so much and i was like oh this is the year before we played actually really? it was like yeah it was it Damn. Was, i hadn't hadn't been to many festivals and i was like this is this is a highlight show for me i mm-hmm. really connected with it mm-hmm. and so i um i went i have to meet this guy i just have to meet him so i just <laughs> i waltzed i waltzed towards the backstage and i instinctively as the security guard came towards me i reached my hand out um so that they could see my fingers but you're like I'm pointing towards them. So there's meant to be a wristband there, but yeah. don't give them eye contact. Damn. That's the trick. So don't, you just point your oh, hand, like but don't this. give eye contact and just got the swagger straight through. Confidence next is one, key. Yeah. Wow. And then the next one, bang, got through the next place. And then I got backstage. Oh I, I was pretty drunk and then I was like kind of empty. And then like he popped out of a dressing room. Oh, no, Rogers. Dude, I just love your stuff. You're so amazing. And he just went, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, like okay, like just get out of my space. Kind of yeah, and I was like, oh, oh, okay. oh man, isn't it w-
2: weird and wonderful when you experience the backstage of something so spe- special and sparkly from the front, and then you get out the back and it's just a car park.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the bass player is reading
0: a book. Yeah, Right <laughs> out the front, he's like, scratching Whoo! his balls. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. And little did Niall know that you would end up dancing with him and on stage. You danced with Niall. Yeah, stage yeah, or, yeah, I danced yeah. with him on stage, and yep.
1: yeah, I got his um, backup singer to sign that that biography. It's great, cool, the freak. it's really good. Mm. I would also recommend Maurice White's biography from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yep, that's incredible. Also, ask yeah.
2: you about
0: that in a second. Yeah. He
2: did an episode with Rick Rubin. On mm-hmm. his podcast recently. Oh, and that yeah, was cool. fascinating.
0: Cool. All right. Okay, very so, cool. Yeah. Is this the man? Okay. So, because one member passed from Earth, Rain, Yeah. And Fire, yeah.
1: But, um, different he, guy. Pa- he passed a while ago. Maybe his yeah. brother at Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah, my bad.
0: Yeah. 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 God, damn. Uh, I read, I'm reading Bob Mortimer's, Bob Mortimer's, uh, English comedian. Very, very funny. man. I Would I Lie to You? You guys probably, you'd know his face. He's worked with Vic Reeves and he's on Jonathan Ross years ago. Anyway, I was, this is literally, I read this last night before I went to bed. He said he was uh, talking heads with the, the house band on this Jonathan Ross show, and he was one of the guests, and David Byrne turned up backstage in the green room, and it was just them there, Bob Mortimer and someone else, and they said hi, and he didn't acknowledge them at all, and he walked to the end of the room, and he just looked at the the corner of the room, like three centimeters from the wall, for about five minutes, and then he just left and walked out and didn't say anything. <laughs> and then he's like, this is the most perfect <laughs> Story about meeting your, your hero. It's like, it is. It's <laughs> like, that is David Byrne 101. And that's the thing you'll be remembering from this podcast, my friends. That and all the good stuff Monty's telling us. What uh, it tells, yeah, the Earth, Wind, and Fire connection. Because September, I kind of hate that song, but I love it. You know, I mean, they've got so many other great songs.
1: Oh, I mean, you, you, that song is so sophisticated. There's a great podcast, How like Songs Are Made and They Look at September. Oh, it's, it's so sophisticated, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like the arrangements. Um, and there's a really deep, spiritual connection from Maurice White. He has a lot to give the world and yeah, I really appreciate that. Mm. I mean, he yeah, I mean in terms of my journey, I would say after Paul Simon, I would say the next big moment was Michael Jackson. I got yep. to see him live, the History Tour in 95. Mm. Oh, wow. My yeah. sister and I went by ourselves we're in the back of How the, old are you at this stage? Oh, I'm, I'm a kid. Yeah, I'm I'm wow. very young, yeah. yeah. And we um yeah, we're in the back stands and I just was screaming and th- that album was the history album, I mean, they released it as a greatest hits, and then mm. they had the new album on the end. Yeah, It's my favorite Michael Jackson album. Yep. And I thought it was all, like, I thought it was all, I, I was confused. Like, what's new and what's old? And I only realize now that the second half is new stuff. And yeah. there's so much what, What's on tension, the second half again? Like, um, Scream, yep. They Don't Care About Us. Jam. Stranger in Moscow, This Time Around, mm. Earth yep.
0: Song. Yep, Jam. Um,
1: oh, there's it so ain't many.
0: Too much jam. There's jam on
1: that. Ah, no, that's, that's dangerous. A... Yeah, yeah yes. cool, cool, cool. So, but it's, and it's also, you know, the child abuse scandals. And so when that all came back up, the child abuse scandal, I started listening to my favorite album and again. It's like, Have you seen my childhood? I was like, Ooh. <laughs> 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 just because you read it in the magazine, you see it on a TV screen, don't make it factual. And you're like, Oh, he's... Jesus, this is too much. Oh, yeah. It's so
0: emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's very heavy, and it's. I'm lucky. Uh, we're all DJs. Mm-hmm. I've never been told off for of playing Michael Jackson. I still play Michael Jackson every now and then. I I can separate the art from the artist. I said that on the podcast before. Have you guys ever played MJ live? Have you ever been told off by someone who's like, "You can't play this, man"?
2: No, I haven't. I'm usually a lot of DJs that I have for sure. Yeah, I. I kind of stick to like weddings and stuff. I stick to the Jackson 5. I feel like ABC and I want you back. I got to say, I was in the car the other day, Smooth FM, Man in the Mirror came on. I screamed along to every word. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that chorus is all time.
0: Mm. Mm. Apparently, Quincy, Quincy Jones was in the studio and he was throwing shoes at Michael because he was doing too it. Guess if you do another, <laughs> 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 I'm going to throw my shoe at you. Sure enough shoes came a flight take us back a bit more to that concert if you, if you can before you went to the concert during the concert after the concert
1: yeah I mean it all starts from the start of the show for me that's my memory just like this visual of a spaceship going through the the sky and then on a roller coaster, and then bang it appears on the stage this spaceship he steps out and then he does the just stand there and yeah, everyone just, screams. Yeah. <laughs> so powerful. Quite weight. nice,
0: broad-shouldered as well. Oh, you like, look quite strong.
1: Yeah, to hold an audience's attention in the palm of his hand is mm. just like something else.
0: Mm. Can you moonwalk? Quick one.
1: No, I used to as a kid. That's yeah. actually bringing back memories. I used to, mm. every time I'd be with friends, parents would have dinner and I'd, I'd put plays together, make videos or dance like Michael Jackson. Yeah. That was my thing. I was like, I'd moonwalk and of jump off couches and into the splits. That was my like... <laughs> <laughs> my fun time. Mm. Yeah. Time to bring
0: it back, I think. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Great. Um, especially you've got magic on stage, which again, we'll, we'll cover. Which songs, you know, when you're thinking about that concert right now, which are the songs that just grab you and go, oh, that was the moment?
1: Uh, Earth song mm-hmm. about the environment. I mean, I have, a, yeah, I have a playlist of songs that make me cry, and there's a lot of Michael Jackson songs on there. You can just instantly bring tears to my eyes. History, They Don't Care About Us. Oh,
0: pal, They Don't Care About Us. Yeah. I feel like it's coming back.
1: Oof. You know, it's childhood memories. It's like really ingrains in you, yeah, the power of performance. Mm.
2: Would, that, would that have been one of the first uh, arena spectaculars you witnessed?
1: Um, actually, I think my first show was in the 90s, John Farnham. True. Yeah. Wow. So that was my dad, big John Farnham fan, and we saw him multiple times. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh we got to see him again. All the hits. <laughs> well, we might not get another chance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I yeah. I I remember John John Finham, yeah, eighties and nineties. I was my first ever tape, my dad brought home Age of Reason. And he oh. didn't tell he didn't tell us what it was. And he goes, All right guys, and he played it was a pirate tape. And so he played it, he pressed play, and he goes, do do And he pressed stop, he goes, All right, can you guess what it is? I'm like that's at the start of every tape, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Age of reason And we lost uh. our minds and it was just yeah, it was something else. That's cool. Yeah, and I... like I reckon some of your stagecraft, um, obviously Prince, Michael Jackson, I'm sure seeing John Farnham and the way he just had so much love for his crowd yeah, and the yeah. way he would just make feel everybody feel like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm playing for you. Ah, you little ripper. Ah, he yeah. has
1: this awesome thing where he's singing and then he stops and smiles. Yeah. Oh, you couldn't believe it. Cause yeah. Very Australian, you know? Like, oh, what's going on here? And it just breaks the barrier. Like, I can't help. I love theatre and I love yeah. holding the attention, but then I just can't help just smiling. Yeah. yeah. Being silly, dropping the
0: mic, you know? Yeah. At Expo Liaison... He, he said, oh, I'm a bit nervous, you know. And that was just a great – I didn't think he was actually nervous. I spoke to my friend Cameron Adams, who knows everybody. He goes, he wasn't nervous because that's exactly the right thing to say. Fancy doesn't get nervous. To get everybody on like, – oh, Fancy's nervous. We'll pull you through, Fancy. I,
1: I, uh, I yeah, you've got a better, he, a better yeah, take he, on it. Yeah, he, he has a lot of nervous energy before a show. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it's just a minute in, it's mm. like – And he, and does he this sweats thing. and he oh, puts yeah. so much into it. It's like – it's very powerful.
0: His his mic technique is he's like, uh, uh. He's like, I'm doing this thing where he's, he's dragging it down <laughs> yeah. to like halfway down his torso as Making well. Making it so
1: difficult for the for the front of house. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> 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 Feeding back oh, and like shit. But, I mean, you know, but he resonates across. Yeah, he's got so much resonance that mm. he throws his voice so far.
0: Mm. What comes next for for Monty has Oh, I music. mean, Prince is yeah. yeah
1: Prince was because. I I would get deeply into an artist and get into their whole discography, but when it came to Prince, the discography just didn't end and it it Mm. turned into like a life ambition to get every bootleg and every show. It still doesn't end. It doesn't end. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got very close and yeah, I'd hand out Prince CDs to my friends. Really? Yeah. I'd have have burnt bootlegs and I'd hand them out and we were all collecting them and That's fantastic. And,
0: like, are they mixed CDs that you've made? No, they'd be
1: bootlegs or they'd be obscure albums. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Kind of thing. Yeah.
0: What was the first obscure Prince song that? uh, that...
1: Well, I, I, my friend gave me the hits. I was Mm -hmm. at school. And it feels like Prince, nah, he sucks. And then I listened to the mm. hits, and I was like, these don't sound like hits. You have to Some of them you mm. have to listen to a few times, because his choruses aren't like, bing, being a dopamine lift in the chorus. Yeah. But they're very clever and very groove-orientated and lyric-orientated. So I was like, oh, these are so diverse. Three discs of hits. Mm. So then I went, okay, i got to go and get some Prince. So I went into JB Hi-Fi, and I... Went oh here's a three disc set I'll get another three disc sec. emancipation there you go 1996 yep. yep um yeah it's not one of his most celebrated but I fucking love it to death Unreal. and I bought the most recent album the Rainbow Children mm-hmm. which um was like it's a cult classic it's a Jehovah's Witness concept album um very jazz orientated incredible musicianship and that just went I said whoa, he's still doing such great stuff I was like mm. oh so there was I would share the Rainbow Children. I would share there's an acoustic album called The Truth where he plays guitar. There's a piano album that came out after Rainbow Children um, called One Night Alone. And then there was um, 1982 B-Sides and uh,
0: Bootlegs. That, that that were the favorites. Oh, there's another one
1: called Camille. There's so many. I can't, <laughs> you, you get me talking about Prince, I just
0: won't yeah. stop. Yeah. When, when he passed and they eventually sort of uh, so they exhumed his uh, sort of back catalog and then went through all these archives – he had records done with Dave Perner from Soul Asylum. Mm. He had so much stuff like unreleased They unreleased still, unreleased haven't, stuff. Yeah, still haven't got
1: through it. Yeah, it's it's like, tip of the iceberg yeah. kind of vibe with him isn't it?
0: Mm. Um, Did you have aspirations to go to what's the name of the Paisley place? Park. Paisley Park. Yeah, I'd love to go there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Obviously more so when I mean I'm it's a bit the... sad that yeah. I I reckon it'd, does... be, it'd be weird to go there. Because they kind
1: of like some of it they kept exactly how it was these like lyric books was still there mm. but a lot of it they're like oh we're going to turn it into a museum mm-hmm. and it's like and, and also the um police just completely ransacked the whole place because yeah. it's you know brutal charges and all that kind of stuff and 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 there's all these photos we're looking at of his private residence for the first time I'm like we shouldn't be looking at this wow. Why the hell it's like a need-to-know mm. basis yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. what's well, the
2: thing with the legacy as well like he had it in in place that you know only certain people could cover his music and mm. that just seems to have all been like thrown yes. out the window
1: now yeah. like
0: the legacy yeah. is anyone's game at this point yeah yeah yeah, I mean, he
1: had no will, so that's the way it, it goes. Just, uh, yeah. Oh, my
0: God. Um, this will test your memory. Tell us a very early Prince, a, a story or any kind of anecdote you can about Prince with a song that, again, tricked you or you know made you think more of Prince super early. Oh, no, in, in I, I couldn't name
1: one. Oh,
0: could be like, how much funk can, can one man have in one song? You <laughs> know I mean? Like, how is this possible?
1: Um. Oh, it's so deep. I mean, there's a song called "Purple Music." Okay. Don't need no reefer, don't need cocaine. Purple music does the same to my brain, and I I'm neither. high. And he—that's one of a—that's an outtake from 1982, from the 1999 album, and a very prolific period. And it goes for 10 minutes, and it's really deep. And he played it. The last time I saw Prince was one of his final tours, and he died only months later. And he was kind of on his last legs. It was just him and a piano. And voice yeah mm. and he played he pulled out that song out of wow. nowhere the first time he's ever played that song because i would i would look at set lists yeah oh he's in belgium tonight yeah oh what's the set list oh wow he'll pull Jesus. out songs and in melbourne he pulled out purple music
0: and played yeah. it on the on the piano yeah and he had an ipad he was looking at i believe to get the lyrics
1: and he'd kind of like oh, stumble okay got him and then he'd go again <laughs> wow. yeah
2: were you the type of person who was contributing to the online set list community as well
1: um, oh, I, I don't contribute much on the internet. I often just watch, but yes, I would. Yeah. If there was like, mm. ah, ah, hold on. That's yeah. incorrect. You know, like, cause you know, you get recordings and things
0: like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, just some insight you just gave us then. So he's looking sort of last legs. I mean, we're all surprised when he died, but at the same time, only like a month before that, they you know he had an overdose on the plane mm. and then you know they pulled over and said we need to commandeer the whole hospital and the hospital were like no you don't yeah, <laughs> we've yeah. got patients here buddy so he sort of got through that moment but what did you notice instead sort of your know, in his sort of ailing health
1: oh yeah the way he held himself um he was talking about his father mm. and old friends and he was writing a biography he was writing it more in melbourne than anywhere else yeah, so like it was in Melbourne. He was staying at Crown Casino.
0: And his wife, ex-wife, had just passed as well. Uh, no, it was so his ex, uh,
1: uh, ex.
0: The mother uh, of his child. Uh,
1: okay. uh no, ex um, collaborator, Vanity, Vanity Six, Vanity yeah. from the early '80s. The know,
0: girlfriend, boyfriend, they had all these crazy yeah, fights they were together. They were, like, or, like, yeah. Often, like yeah, and he fights. mentioned
1: her in that one of those shows. Yeah, he yeah, said yeah. Yes, a very dear friend has passed. Yeah, he's crying. So yeah, though. there was like sadness surrounding him. I think he was pretty depressed. For the last final few years, and I, I didn't really like his studio work. In the, you know, there's ups and downs in his career, and I think Mm. he was at a bit of a low point Mm. in the studio. But he was doing this stuff for the piano. He went, no, I'm going back to my roots. I'm just going to wear an afro. I'm going to wear one outfit, and I'm just going to play the piano. It's like this. uh, He's done it again. He's found another way to like revitalize himself, Mm. and like can't wait till he gives us all this piano music. And yeah, so that would, but that didn't happen.
0: What some of our listeners may know some may, may not is that because of all those crazy outfits and wearing the platforms and mm. dancing on heels, he really fucked his hips and that's yes. what got him addicted, unfortunately, to sort of was it fentanyl or just yeah. you know, all those kind of opiates that you know so he really suffered for his art beyond anything and you know, that's probably the thing that um unfortunately Reason he left, but God, he left with left so much music for us and so many so much happiness. I often reflect on this, and I reckon as an artist, I'm always perplexed and kind of intrigued. Do you think, like right now, there like that? Right now, there's like honestly, there is a hundred people enjoying a client liaison song, many many different songs. They are going off to it. They're having a fucking moment. Do you ever think that? Like, do you ever pat yourself? Well, on the yeah, back?
1: because you can look at the Spotify. How many people are listening right now? Sure, but yeah. even even
0: in a, in a pre Spotify world, someone's at home. Jamming to end of the earth, or what was the song we we're talking about last night? Is it got tenderness oh, in the title? Pretty lovers, pretty lovers. You know, like I remember like you
1: being a big fan of that. Uh, oh, yeah, that
2: that tune. That's that's the one for me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How did that connect with you?
2: uh you know, big. Well, that was one of the ones where you'd only play it live for a while. Okay. It, it was on the EP. Yes. I remember seeing it live and just going like, that's that's the one. They haven't yes. put that out yet. Okay. Mm. And I think there was a promo video for the Monophoma show where you used oh. the track underneath it. Okay. I think that was my 30-second snippet of that track Mm. Mm. that I used uh, until it eventually came out. Okay. But, yeah, that's a huge track. Mm. Yeah. Any
1: Lionel Richie connection with
0: Penny Lover? Oh, no, no. (laughs) I didn't know that song when
1: I wrote Pretty Lovers, but, yeah, when we wrote Pretty Lovers, but, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's bizarre, people listening to your music. It's incredible, yeah.
0: What about sort of direct messages you get on Insta and Facebook and everything? Are you looking at those things? Yeah, you see that,
1: yeah. I mean... Yeah, there's, you know, we don't we don't engage in the conversation that much, you know. I'm not, like, vlogging every day, so, you know, I'm not asking for conversation. But, yeah, it's really, it's touching when people are connected to your music, you know. Like, sometimes people are sick and yeah. dying, and mm. you, got, you, you know. They're saying, this song got me through, you know. Yeah. And that's, yeah, like, I hope our music does good in the end. Of course it does, uh, it sounds yeah. a bit silly and no, no, no. noble, but that's yeah. the, yeah, that's the...
0: Have you ever been called to, like, a fan's bedside or like what's what's the biggest connection you oh have i mean like, yeah they a, you know we send situation. them merch
1: when they're you know they're dying yeah yeah that's yeah. pretty intense yeah of course um yeah they want a connection send them videos yep. you know that kind of thing yep um there's some bizarre requests as well though i of don't course. know <laughs> yeah but what's one what's one oh i i don't know i just yeah, I mean it's
0: you know you the world exists
1: in your mind. So you me trying to think of these other people listening to our music, mm. you know, because I'll listen to an old song and go, "Oh, I don't like it," you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or "Oh, that I do like that," or you know, mm-hmm. and and music is context. It, yes. people forget what mood are you in. Yep. when you listen to a new song. Yeah. So Milo listening to the us playing at monophoma with a cool little snippet like yeah. that was the perfect context yep. for him to like that song.
0: It was. Yeah. It's funny, what's the song? Because we talked about Air earlier. They hate surfing on a rocket because I interviewed them about it and I thanked them for that. So I'm like, we hate that song. <laughs> I'm like, how can you? Like, you're like, of course, it's Air, Moon, Safari, like surfing on a rocket. It's like Air by numbers in their mind, I'm okay. guessing.
2: I'm going to say not one of my favorites from them either. So, no you worries. know. You're,
0: not, yeah. you're wrong. Um, <laughs> jokes, jokes. Uh, is there a song in your d- back catalog that you're really like, ooh? And conversely, what's the song you like? You know what, guys? This is like the sleeper. that you're. Um. Like.
1: Okay, so... A song called groove the physical mm-hmm. and it was it was it was that first song mm. it was the first song we completed mm-hmm. and we really we would play it live and it would go off yeah. and we just had to release it mm-hmm. and it just got reworked and reworked and it was it was never that great to begin with <laughs> 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 but we just had to release it mm. so it, it's not it's not that great, but mm-hmm. it's just so, something within us we had to do it yeah yeah, yeah. um in terms of a song that um
0: Motherfucker slept on.
1: I mean, on the new album, I really like "Prisons of the High Life," mm-hmm. um, and I know it's the probably the least played song, mm-hmm. either that and "Witness." A song called "Witness." Mm-hmm. The slow songs. I don't know because we're a party band, so people come mm-hmm. to us for a good time. Yep. So when they hear a slow song, they're like, "Oh, yeah, 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 whatever." <laughs> giving the giving the given the, <laughs> the new song, and, and I don't think we have reached our potential in mm-hmm. writing and producing music. And I don't think we've, especially in ballads. Like ballads mm-hmm. are really hard to do. They're yeah. really hard. But um, I'm I'm proud of the uh, also eulogy for the living on the new album. Yeah, that's a it's got some feels to it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like having songs that I think have a perfect vocal, a perfect mm. lyric. Mm. There's there's few where it has the perfect everything. Mm. I still don't think we have that, you know.
0: For me, Eternal Flame by the Bangles jumps in my mind oh. as as the perfect ballad. What's a perfect ballad for you, my love? So something from your childhood.
2: Uh, I mean, it's a bit of an obvious choice, but like your song Elton John yeah. is pretty mm-hmm. flawless as yeah. a track. I remember when I was just learning the piano and just figured out how to sing and play piano at the same time. That was like the first track where I was able to make my brain and my hands do the same thing. That mm. was always a satisfying experience. But yeah, I don't know. Elton John's the king of the ballad. Mm.
0: Oh yeah, hard agree. Yeah. What about you? Go right back. What's the first great ballad you you heard?
1: Oh. Bridge over troubled water. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah, pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. That third mm-hmm. verse. What's the third verse, Monty? Sail on, silver girl. Sail on, ride. So you not even need to warm up. Your time. Throw us on. Come to sh- oh. Art Garfunkel, no, can't compete with that. Mm, mm. Yeah, apparently they didn't, um, they hadn't written a third verse uh-huh. when they went to produce it. They were mm-hmm. like, no, we can go further, we can go to another level, get that mm. spine tingling, euphoria rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: they had a Nick Littlemore in the studio whipping them. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Do better. <laughs> yeah. uh, after Prince, not after Prince, but while you're still in, enjoying Prince, what's some perhaps some electronic music that came yeah, along? Yeah, I that? mean,
1: yeah, not really. I mean, I, I always resisted contemporary music, mm-hmm. grew up with, like, grunge. I just couldn't connect to it and hip-hop. And I was just like, this, I just don't connect to it. So mm-hmm. from Finding Prince, I found soul and funk and disco. And um, I just remember on one of the forums, they had, like, a section, Prince, uh, m- mu- music, non-Prince, <laughs> <laughs> scrolling that. And people were like, what are your favorite albums? And people started sharing their favorite, the top 10 albums. And there were all these Latin albums and Stevie Wonder albums. And I- yeah, I just found all these... Incredible diverse artists. It was the era of the iPod where you'd share, you'd go, Oh, yeah, okay, let's do a swap. And you bring your iPods and you swap them across, and just so much, yeah, powerful, funky, groovy, crazy music. Yeah.
2: Do you still have your first iPod?
1: No. I still got the collection. Co- great. And I still, I great. put it on my phone now. Yeah. So I still got the original Good co- to hear. collection. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A sickness. Yeah. iPod was, yeah, it was a very sort of, you, just, you had a little friend in your pocket, you know? Oh. And it wasn't like a disc one we wouldn't jump. It was just a thing. Yeah. You know? I, I,
2: can ex- I can I can see a, a world where Apple in maybe 10 years' time brings back the I, the iPod classic. Yeah. It's sort of like the resurgence of vinyl where everybody wanted something a bit more simple. And yes. I feel like in a 10 years' time, tech's going to get so hectic that Apple's like, we're going to strip it
1: right back. Yep.
2: Remember this old thing? Yeah.
1: Travelling on public transport, you'd... You, you're taken by a world. There's this little black and white screen and a scroll bar. Yeah. yeah. And you'd find your spot and then you just let go. Yeah. And you can do the same on phones now because they have that much storage. You can still, but not it's, that anyone's doing it yeah, except for me, but you're just distracted. There's <laughs> all these, you know, yeah. the pokey machines going on. Yeah. 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 It's fucked. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it, it needs to change. And
0: I, I hope by the time Clancy's a little older and Juno and Romy in, you're gonna have kids in about three years, I reckon. We'll see. Just, we'll a, see. just a predict. Just a predict. Um I'm hoping that yeah, it does go back to these things. I can see Animal Collective. I can see the egg, like in oh, yeah. in London, like on, with my iPod yeah. on a freaking on the on the one four nine, and it's just the simplicity of that mm. and what it gives you. Yeah, I think it's a very uh, yeah, it's a very cool time, and we will return to it. I think it's like there's a resurgence of CDs now. Apparently, I don't really believe that, but there will be because everything comes back. Everything comes mm. back. Um, what soul stuff was well, was on the website?
1: Uh, Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Exploring Stevie's discography is incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like his. I like like the journey through the secret life of plants. Mm. Um, which is a very—it's like a bad <laughs> album. I like it because it's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fillingness's first finale. Mm. Um, I love Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, and Earth, Wind, and Fire was yeah. a big one. Yeah. yeah. Really love Earth, Wind, and Fire.
0: Which which songs and which which um, sort of moments? How did you get? An uh, uh,
1: album called All in All. Yep. Um, Serpentine Fire. Gonna tell the story, morning glory, all about the Serpentine Fire. <laughs> love that. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that's the way of the world. Mm-hmm. Another incredible album. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, how? When did you sort of establish that you could sing? Sing like very, very well.
1: Oh, I don't. I don't think I ever. I always considered myself a dancer and a performer. Yeah. And I, when it would at school, I'd have a concert and I would sing, and I would really connect with the crowd and mm-hmm. love it. And I would sing to myself all the time, sing in the shower, sing Simon and Garfunkel. So I always enjoyed singing. But um, I never felt like a singer. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it wasn't until we were doing I mean, End of the Earth was like two takes. Really? Yeah. And the engineer, there was a few bung notes in there, and he had to really stretch them out <laughs> and like few timing. But it was early, you know, the, the technology wasn't as swift as it was today. So you can still hear just the rawness in it, and I like that. Yeah, but I remember, yeah, hearing that back and going, oh, God. I need to do a bit better than that. Yeah. So I've, I've done lessons periodically. Mm-hmm. I'm going to a lesson in an hour. But mm-hmm. um, And I just remember seeing one of our early shows at the Workers' Club. Someone filmed the show. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, I want to release this. We filmed the show. Yep. And there's all this, like, music. And, oh, check it out. And I was like, oh, my God, I suck. Really? I can't sing. I can't. Like, my dancing's okay. What am I doing on stage? Yeah. Oh, I've got to lift my game. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and Prince would film his shows and yep. watch them afterwards, and we try yep. to do that. And yep. that's, like, the biggest lesson for me because you, you're your own best, you know, critic. Yep. Yeah. And so seeing that was like, I need to lift. I need to sing better. I need to concentrate on singing because I get overexcited.
0: Yep. Yeah, Yeah. hard not to. Yeah. Ax- <laughs> Axel Rose had a comeback show with Gunners years ago on, like, a, uh, an awards thing, and he started off so well, and then he did this, like, he did this run, He's like, <laughs>
2: is that something you work on though like moving and singing at the same yeah. time i mean like beyonce notoriously goes for like sprints whilst belting out halo you know oh, as really? like yeah. as like training ground yeah, like exactly. is that something that you sort of like work yeah, on as well i need well? to
1: do that more i mean you look at michael jackson the way he moves and sings at the same time wow yeah it's um it's all about it's a weird thing because dancing has a different ecosystem of tension and singing needs this kind of flask of relaxation running through you. So,
0: a yeah, flask it's... of relaxation. Yeah, Rachel. I kind of I, I
1: visualise this this channel of air that's open without any conflict coming through. His your hand gut. is in the air, reader, <laughs> reader, listener, <laughs> listener dear yeah. reader. Yeah. Dope.
0: Um, what's the moment you reckon you've hit your best note ever on stage? Be completely immodest. <laughs> Come on, man. Listen. Actually,
1: actually, um, we played a show at the Forum. So we had a tour for Divine Intervention that got cancelled. And then things opened up and we got to book one show at the Forum. We had the 12-piece um, choir, Sunshine and the Disco Faith. They came mm. on. It was a really magical show. Yeah. And my voice was in its best place ever there. Terrific. Which, and, which song yeah. in
0: particular were you just like <laughs> seeing the face of God?
1: <sighs> I don't know. It's nice when you surprise yourself, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I can't, I can't pinpoint that.
0: Like, just the whole thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I spent so long in the studio doing takes. Mm. I'm not satisfied over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again. It's about it's about the learning something new and mm-hmm. um I'm very proud of the vocals on Prisoners of the High Life. Mm. Um our uh mixer who did production and mixer Francois Titaz he worked on our album and brought it all together. Yeah and he brought the vocal out of me and he brought that softness. Oof. Prisoners of High you brought the softness out of me because I'm always like, ah, my, my family shouts. Like if you come to dinner, really? it's like this loud, <laughs> everyone, all the time, and I wow. never lose my voice. I'm like, yes, I'm <laughs> strong and I'll sing loud. But wow. learning how to sing quietly is like
0: something I want to do more. Soft power. I love it. What is the song at the moment doing it for you? I'm going to ask Milo first because we do this at the end of the bonus episodes. The song that's really... I'm going to say pumping your nads. I'm going to say pumping your nads. It's an old <laughs> it's an old Beric expression.
2: It's actually not so much of a song but a podcast series that I ever visited uh, recently. Just the classic old BBC4 Desert Island Disc podcast. Mm-hmm. I forgot about it and I'm back on it. And there's so many great chats with a lot of musicians. Listen to one with uh, – who's the singer from Everything But The Girl? Uh, Tracy Thorne. Yeah, Tracy Thorne. That was really fascinating. Uh, just some uh, chats with some – just people who I didn't think that I was interested in but I absolutely am and that's my thing that I'm yeah feeling at the moment
0: it's a good point you make too, because it's like when you watch Rage and someone programs Rage, and you're not into their music, but they can program the best music. You know, like you're like I'm watching Rage. Yeah, yeah. It's a good point you make that you, you know you can always you can learn a lot more with your your mouth closed. I put a spell on you by Screamer Jay Hawkins. Is mm. thrashing yeah, that? Sure. I love putting it in the middle of a set just to make people go because at first they're like this is a bit slow, and then <laughs> by the second verse and like, stop what you're doing, and people are like losing their minds. He used to come out on stage in a coffin. Like Get wheeled out in a coffin Drinking musket And then just like He can't even, he can't even remember Recording that song That's how drunk he was <laughs> Like the producer's like Go again Get drunker Get drunker He can hear all that too So that's a song That's really uh, Pumping my nads Monte Morgan The song Baker Man By Laid Back Okay
1: Baker Man He's baking bread Sukabona Come your we They have some Hawaiian lyric in it um, They are an incredible band Bacon. Laid back, bacon man. laid back. They're a Danish duo. They're very naive sounding. They've been going for years, and the music video they're skydiving with um, <laughs> in baker outfits with loaves of bread. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.
0: <laughs> you had a clip or uh, skiing. Shot with, like, what the first example of drones that I can think of, really. we
1: got that at a good time. Everyone's like, you got a helicopter. I I
2: remember thinking that when I saw that, and somebody was like, no, that's a drone. (laughs) Yeah,
1: drones are just... What
0: a great deal. That's like Happy Mondays going to the Bahamas to to record, like, let's let's go do heaps of drugs in the Bahamas, and they came up with a great album, too. Just just a little memory of of that, uh, yeah, of that shooting, that clip.
1: Yeah, "Feed the Rhythm is the song. We always, um, we've we've grown up skiing and snowboarding. Mm -hmm. We always wanted to do a clip skiing mm. and i think we work best in like action outside in beautiful locations and so um growing up skiing at mount Buller, um the mountain helped us out in innumerable ways and so we had mm. incredible snow and yeah we just we spent seven days every day trying to get shots i mean four of them were on the road up in mm. my old toyota sora yep. b-grade White fluorescent sports car. Do you still have that? Do you still have that car? <laughs> um, no, it died finally. Yeah. Such a vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely a vibe. Mm. So yeah, we're just going because the director was like, if we're going to sell this ski clip, we need to sell the drive on the way up. Yes. That needs to look like a car commercial. For Make sure. it look like a car commercial. We got it. Drive yeah. up and down and up and down, and for yeah. days, for da- I was so sick because the sore, so fuel, there's fuel coming through the you know, oh matched like,
2: with a little bit
0: of altitude sickness yeah. and the windy roads, yeah. trying
1: to just look cool the whole time. <laughs> Woozy, <AM. laughs>
0: couldn't do it right now. Uh, petrol, two dollars, 13 a litre yeah. minimum. Good stuff. Uh, the album, my friends, is called Divine Intervention. You should stream it. You should tell all your friends about it. Buy some merch. Spread the love for client liaison. Come down to a show. Come down to a show. They're doing... Once, so, you're doing what's Heavy Russell in Melbourne? Yeah. What other intimate... Uh, Metro in Sydney. Metro another in, Sydney?
1: in Brisbane and one in Hobart.
0: Unreal. And what festivals have you got lined up? Have you got anything? We're,
1: we're doing Queenscliff Festival tomorrow. Sick. Tomorrow? Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. That's
0: that's two days ago in, in future times. Yes. Um, that's going to be rad. That's a... That's a i say it's a weird fit for you in a good way. Yeah, yeah,
1: we're like the final act on Saturday night. Really? Yeah.
0: That's huge. Should be fun. I think you'll be able to win people over pretty easily. I think that's what's cool about your positioning now as a sort of cult band slash festival headliner is you can mm-hmm. come along and people will literally three songs in go, I know all those three songs they just played, you know, and why am not leaving because, you know, what else, what else are they yeah. going to throw at us? Uh, Harvey M also has a solo project playing lots of uh, sort of the you know, kind of throwback 90s Ministry of Sound bangers really, really interesting stuff. So please check out Harvey M stuff. Last, last, last one, because I know where we all gotta go. Um, how far off until a Monty Morgan solo piano tour?
1: <laughs> <laughs> solo piano. I think I think I need um before piano I need drums and percussion. Okay. Yeah. I need cool. rhythm. Yeah.
0: yeah. And have, oh, and the magic thing. So you're doing magic live. Yes. On stage.
1: We have been doing magic. Uh Flames, lights, burning book. Great. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, we commissioned a magician to help us. It's
0: commissioned really magician. Cool. Yes. Ravid. Musician
2: or magician? Beautiful. You be you be the <laughs> judge earlier, on that.
0: Earlier, Monty says Monty Milo said that uh, Giorgio Medora he met Maroda, and I'm only picking up on it now. <laughs> I'm just being in a loving way, in a loving way. Sickness. All right. Thank you very much for joining us once more, Monty Morgan. And uh, thank you, listeners. Spread the word. We love you very much. Kisses, kisses, kisses. Mwah.